0: This podcast is brought to you by Letourneau University. Letourneau University is the Christian polytechnic university in the nation where educators engage students to nurture Christian virtue, develop competency and ingenuity in their professional fields, integrate faith and work, and serve the local and global community. Letourneau offers more than 140 undergraduate and graduate degree programs across a range of disciplines and delivery models at Letourneau's residential campus in Longview, Texas, and in hybrid and fully online options at centers in the Dallas and Houston areas online at letu.edu that's letu.edu weekday. That's iWorkforhim.com. work for I work the number for him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I work for him podcast. Hey, welcome to I work for him. Today we're
1: on location.
2: We are in Dallas, Texas, Jim.
1: Dallas, Texas. Another interview arranged by our great friends at Letourneau Center for Faith and Work, Bill Peel. Check out Letourneau Center for Faith and Work online, Center for Faith and Center for Faith and Work, Bill Peel. Welcome back to I Work for Him.
3: Hey, it's great to be with you guys today. Talk to us about Letourneau Center for Faith and Work. Who Who is this a great resource for? Well, listen, you know, we started this Center for Faith and Work uh, because this university. Uh, probably more than any other, really helps people understand that God cares about the work they do uh, all all seven days a week. And uh, one of the things that we are working on right now very seriously is really helping people understand that the businesses they start, businesses they run, can be done to the glory of God, and actually what that looks like. We've actually created a model for that that we'll be rolling out this year to explain that, and so that's one of the reasons why I wanted our guest that we have today with us today, because he is, uh, of of all the people I know, he is one of the great exemplars of what it looks like to run a business to the glory of God. Well, why don't you introduce him, Bill Peel? My friend Bill Bird. I met Bill. Bill... Forty years ago, I beat you to Fort Worth by one year, and uh, we became fast friends, and so did our our families, and our our wives Mm -hmm. worked together on several projects. Bill is probably the best example of a serial entrepreneur that I know, I still am discovering businesses, kinds of businesses that he's started, you know, even at, at this late date that I, that he did before I, I even knew him. Uh, Bill's owned and operated restaurants. He's been in the car business. Uh, he's been in farming. He had a dairy farm in Weatherford, Texas for a while. Uh, and, uh, but he's best known. And uh, w- when I think of Bill Burton I think of uh, of the sweet shop, Fudge Love Candy Factory, which. We all love to visit, and every time I went, I got sick at my stomach from sampling everything. <laughs> kind of like that I Love Lucy
1: episode where yeah. the chocolate Exactly. Gone by. <laughs> that, that is exactly. my favorite episode. <laughs> I love that episode.
3: So uh, he and his wife, Judy, uh, who's also a real entrepreneur as well, uh, led and, and uh, ran the, the culinary school of Fort Worth for a number of years. Uh, he's off the two books. Uh, Sweet Success, 12 Proven Habits of Winning Leaders, and Under the Gun, How to Start and Lose a Business in Six Months. That's pretty important. (laughs) Today, today, Bill, after running and starting all these businesses, uh, has really settled into becoming a really important uh, advisor and mentor to young people starting businesses and how to, how to start their business. And uh, Bill believes that the sweetest success is when a leader touches the lives of other people, not just about making money, mm. but really Amen touching the lives of colleagues and customers and students and all.
4: Bill Bird, welcome to our work for him. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I love radio. Yeah, and, and a, well, and you had a little time on the radio. Yeah, I did. But big
1: time radio, though. You were on satellite radio.
4: Satellite.
1: I mean, broadcast
4: across the world. I mean, that's incredible. It is. It, it's, it's a phenomenon, really, how they're doing that. And, but it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so, Bill Byrd, talk to us about how you came to be a follower of Jesus. Well, I can remember. I was raised in a Christian home, fortunately. And I can remember coming home from church one night, and I was in my room, and my parents were out there, and I said, I guess the message was probably on heaven and hell, mm-hmm. because I went in and I said, Mom, Dad, I want to go to heaven. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. And they, they led me to Christ. So now I was probably seven years old, and I've been a follower of Christ ever since, and uh, it's it's my rudiment. It's, it's my ground, you know, that I've, I've always sprung from. So talk to us then about where did your interest in business
1: come from? Wow.
4: Well, I was in the, in the military for two and a half years, uh, during 1960s. Well,
1: Those are some rough years to be in the military. <laughs> yeah.
4: I came back, uh, I was a signal officer in the army and I came back and, uh, wow. I said, I got the GI bill. And, uh, they're gonna pay for, my, we'll pay for your graduate degree, and I said, "Well, let's do it." So I went to California to a college and university, Azusa Pacific College sure. University, it's still around today, and uh, signed up and started going to school. Well, during that time, I was also teaching school to earn some money because they just pay the tuition or whatever. It's not everything else. You know, right. I had two kids and a wife, and so. I had studied electronics and mathematics in in undergrad, and I knew how electronics works. I know how this stuff works internally, and I thought, I thought, man, what about a TV repair shop? You know, I could do it on the side. I could do as much work or a little work. So I started a Williams Television Repair Service, and then I was, I was a, we had a little place in Derry Country, and had a couple acres. And, and uh, so I started around the dairies and just trying to learn something from them and found out they don't want those baby bull calves. They want the, the girl calves, they take care of their girls. But the bull calves, they don't have much room for. And so I asked them about it and they said, well, we just sell them. And I said, what do you them for? And he said, we well, just sell them for 25 bucks a piece. So I started buying those crazy critters and raising them up to a certain point because of the, the downside of baby calves is that first little bit of a few months, they die easily. Mm -hmm. Diarrhea usually is the cause and it's just one of those things. So if you get them past that and you take that hit, that risk, and then you can raise them up and you can sell that calf in about six weeks for 40 to 50 bucks. Well, that's back in the 60s. That's a lot of money in the early 70s. And so those, doing those two businesses on the sides, first time I ever done a business by myself, I could control it. I could control how much time I put into it. I thought, this is pretty good. I just stuck in my mind. I went on, did some professional stuff again, and then that started. That hmm. started. You it. got
2: the bug. Got
4: the bug. Big time bug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A lot of people think that
1: business has nothing to do with God's work. They, they just, and in fact, a lot of us were taught that from mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. How do you see all the businesses that you've done? As, as Bill Peel mentioned, you restaurant, a car business, a dairy farm, chocolates. Which I'm a little. I knew you're going to focus on the chocolate, the, the culinary school. <laughs> now we're finding out about a TV repair shop. How do you see business fitting into God's agenda?
4: Well, you know, we have 24 hours a day, and most of us have to work eight of that, and that's slim compared to what was before the nineteen fifties. You work twelve hours a day. Well, and you're gonna tell me that God's not important in your life those eight hours or those twelve hours you work? Of course He does. Listen to Bill Pill. I mean this is this is what it's all about. So I think it's probably one of the most important things you can learn to do, the stuff you've been taught in school, the stuff in in, in Sunday school, in church and in, in your in your walk with the Lord, hey you know, how do I live the life As a Christian, am I the first one back from break or am I the last one? Mm. Do I complain like everybody else about the boss? I mean, all those little entities that create problems within corporations, you really shouldn't be a part of. Now, if you have a problem, you go to the boss or you do it in the correct way. But you don't gossip it, you know, so you teach those things. And and I think, um, yeah, it's very important. It's Mm. probably one of the most important things you can do
3: we had you know the the church that we were involved in in Fort Worth at, back then just had a it was such a great <clears throat> environment for Christian business people because they really understood that their their work mattered to God just as much as uh the church where I worked the pastors worked there and uh it was it was an incredible culture mm-hmm. you know f- for us all and uh and and so it, it it actually I I when I came out of seminary I don't know if I've told you all this. I I came out of seminary, I thought if you really wanted to serve God you had to be a pastor mm-hmm.
1: sure, or a missionary. Pastor or a missionary, sure.
3: And and uh, most people
4: believe that. Right. That's right. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and these guys in Fort Worth beat that out of me uh, pretty <laughs> fast and really helped me see that that their work mattered to God too and it was my job not to get them in to work for me at the church, but whether to prepare them for their workplace out in their mm-hmm. in their businesses. But
1: what an amazing gift that was to you, Bill oh, Peel, to, to have not wasted those years thinking, "Well, I got to be a pastor or a missionary to be ranking really high in the kingdom." That I could be a business guy and give God just as much glory as the pastor in the pulpit. I mean, that was an unusual idea a few years back. It was. It certainly was. Now, you got that right. Not today. We're yeah. talking about it all the time. Yeah. But boy, back then that would have been. I would have loved to have been taught that as a twenty year old. Talking today with Bill Peel from Letourneau Center for Faith and Work. You can check him out online at Center for Faith Center for Faith and Work.com. If you're trying to figure out, well, Bill Peel, tell them if they go to Center for Faith and what are they going to
3: find? They're going to find over a thousand different resources, articles, uh, curriculum, videos about how you can bring faith actually into the workplace in appropriate and godly ways. So it's an online library almost. It's an online resource center, absolutely. And
2: isn't there a way that they can sign up to so that they're getting an email or a blog sent to them?
3: Yeah, we send out about once a month, we send out a, a newsletter called Making Mondays Meaningful, mm-hmm. which is a, di- a little bit of a digest of what <laughs> we've just put up the, on new on the web uh, for, the, for that particular month.
2: Yeah, and I find that just to be great because it reminds me, oh, because it takes you there and then you can kind of scroll around and see what else is going on. So yeah. I encourage people to sign up for that.
1: That's right, centerforfaithandwork.com. All right, and Bill Peel has brought in Bill Bird, a serial entrepreneur who's got lots of stories to tell. He's run a restaurant, he's run a TV repair shop, he's run a car business, which I want to talk about the car business here for a second, a dairy <laughs> farm, a chocolate, fact, chocolate and fudge factory, and a culinary school. Talk to me about this car business. Were you a franchise guy or a used car guy? Used car. I love that. We had a used car (laughs) for (laughs) fifteen years. We did used cars. Well, talked about. Oh, you did. Is it possible to love Jesus and sell used cars? Oh,
4: absolutely, absolutely.
1: How now? In was this in Dallas that you did this or Fort Worth? Fort Worth. Okay. Now, did you do a buy here, pay here lot, or just a
4: buy here, pay here?
1: How did you do a buy here, pay here lot? To the glory of God. Because in, in Florida, the way I see that they do it, there's no way that gives God
4: glory. So talk
3: to okay. me about how that worked. Okay. T- I want you to t- tell how this started, okay? <laughs> okay. Because this is, this is really, really important about how he actually got started with
4: this. Yeah, I didn't know anything about cars. But uh, so I was mentoring incarcerated guys. Okay. Okay
1: most of which are former used car dealers.
4: <laughs> 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 so, yeah, you're right. So I was talking to, I'll change his name, Johnny, one of the guys I was working with, and I said, Johnny, you know, what, where, what did you do or what can you do? And he said to me, well, I'll tell you what I can do. I can really sell cars. And I put a little memory in my head, and I thought, sell cars? Because uh, these guys, if I say, I got a guy for you, you own a business. And I have a guy for you, and here he is. And he hands his card to you. You turn a car, card over, and on the back it says felon.
3: Mm.
4: You're not going to hire him. You just, you just, it doesn't happen. A little bit, but not yeah. across the board. So uh, I thought if I could set the work up for him and let him work into the business, you know, and teach them some principles, and then they can go out or whatever they want to do. And that's why I started the car business. And I set it up and I wanted to, I designed it to sell eight to 10 cars a month because. So just a very small lot. Yeah, just to pay, so I didn't have to put any more money in it because mm-hmm. I kept having to feed it. You know, I had to pay the salaries and the, you you know, buy here, pay here, you got to buy the car. So it, it's a, it, that, that would take care of the, of the situation. And I didn't, I only had one or two guys I'd mentor at a time because what I found in mentoring with these guys, uh, incarcerated guys, you got to do it every day. You can't say, "Okay, I'll meet you next week at one o'clock." They're gone. They are so fragile, mm-hmm. and one little thing comes along, and they're gone. If the smell of liquor, or if it—it it is amazing how easy how that uh, drug gets into their system, and they just can't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got. That's how I started the car business. Thank you. Yeah. So,
1: but, but you didn't answer my question yet. So, how did you do the buy here, pay here business? To glorify God, because I mean, in Florida, they buy a junk car for a thousand bucks. They they then go sell the junk car. The the junk car should sell for three thousand bucks, but they sell for five grand. They finance it at thirty percent. They plan on repoing it a year later and then taking it back to the auction and doing it all over again. So they overcharge everywhere. How did you do it? For glory of God, give some people some ideas out there. Here's how you can be a Christ follower and be in the buy-here-pay-here business. Well, yeah.
4: when I started it, I charged no interest. Uh, and It wasn't long that I found out you can't make it. Yes. You live off the interest. I mean, that's just the system. You know, you work within this. Every country or business or sector has a system, yeah. and your business has to fit within that system. Well, the system says you can charge 21% interest. And if you don't charge that, you probably aren't gonna make it because that's the system. You know, it's just it's it's just really hard to change that. But what we did was what we do is we gave them if you had five hundred okay, what you have is five hundred dollars. That's the the average person that comes in, if they're lucky, have five hundred dollars to spend on a car. Mm. Everything they have is five hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, they're not gonna get a car from a dealer. I'm talking about the next level down the people so how do you get them into an automobile well they start going around to the car lots and they find a car that they can get in for $500 and you can imagine it's going to be a car with 130,000 miles on it it's going today it's
1: a car with 190,000 190. miles. On it. <laughs> yeah
4: yeah you're right and it's not going to be very well taken care of so what we did we just turned that around we said okay we'll take a big gamble on this and we'll Buy a car that has forty thousand miles or thirty thousand miles, and let them have it for five hundred dollars. And it has been phenomenally successful, and people just love it. Do we have returns and all that and repos? Absolutely, hmm. you know. But should I tell them about my son and all that and getting into it? What, what has happened? Uh, I, it, it started growing. I couldn't keep it from growing. And so uh, I tried to figure out how can I, uh, what what should I do? And praying about it, Lord. David and Robbie, the cousins, David's my son, Rob's the cousin, came to me and said, hey, we just sold out of our IT business. We made a little bit of money, not much, but a little bit. Why can't we get in the car business? Because Robbie is a car guy. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, he can build a car from nothing and build it up, and it's finished 1948 Ford. Wow. Wow, fabulous. David can't do that. That is not his skill level. But he has a degree in finance from Baylor. So
3: and, and he has the Bill Bird entrepreneurial journey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's, He's got his. the gene, yeah. Well,
4: so the heaviest work, phenomenal. I mean, I pray that God two family members coming into a business, one's enough, but two, no, you don't do that, mm. you know, from scratch. So it's worked great. They run it now. They have took it from the 8 to 10 mark up to the average 70 cars a month.
2: And are they still employing Second Chance? Are, are they you do. Are you still mentoring? And you
4: can't do everybody. Mm-hmm. you got to have a right. core that you can trust and whatever. But, yes, they do that. But not only that, here's how we stretch this mission. We want to give it to people that are in need.
0: Mm-hmm. so we
4: help the needy people that can't get a decent car there's no way for $500 you're going to get a decent car mm-hmm. I don't care who it is yeah they can get a decent car with us
2: so I want to just emphasize that point Jim because I think that's one of the things you know um, even you went right to the um, bottom line and how do you do that and you know make it work and mm-hmm. with integrity and everything. But. One of the things we talk about all the time on the radio is the kingdom and you are serving the kingdom through um, mentoring someone Mm -hmm. in a second chance situation Mm -hmm. coming out of jail and also serving the kingdom by the customers, the Mm -hmm. clients that you are Mm -hmm. serving because no one else Will do what yeah. you're doing. Yes. You're not but perpetuating you're,
1: poverty. You're actually fighting the poverty. what we're trying? Uh,
4: you hit the nail on the head. Because the exactly buy here, right. pay
1: here guys perpetuate poverty. They keep people enslaved.
2: So I just want our our listeners to hear that, Jim, because they're in their business. They may be overlooking that. Mm-hmm. And so I whether mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's a way to do that with. Chocolate. I mean, we keep. Talking. <laughs> I know you don't have that business anymore, but I sure wish you did. Can we go back in time? We both kind of like our chocolate. So hey, you're, um, I knew
4: you were good people. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I think that a lot of people we miss that, mm-hmm. and you know, just think about the ways people could serve their clients mm-hmm. and serve those under their employ um, to the for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to point that out.
3: I just, I just love you know how, how Bill got started in this. Is it he? Bill knew that. The, that this guy needed work to, to feel a dignity. And then it's turned into this, I mean, really, quite frankly, really beautiful, beautiful business that serves mm-hmm. the kingdom every day in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's huge.
2: So with that, how do you, Bill, um, why do you think it's important for other godly men and women to start businesses?
4: Uh, I mean, you all were talking about it, but, the, you know, the wear the cloth. That's how you get to your higher level. In God's eye, <laughs> nah, yeah. that's not true. You know, the guy that wants to go down there and start a business, or even work in a business, and he's a believer, he has a huge responsibility to live the Christ walk. Mm-hmm. You know, love, joy, and peace, and kindness, and gentleness. Those are hard to throw out when when you got you got run over by another. Uh, employee that's not as good as you, but, you know, they did something they shouldn't have done and they got in. Mm-hmm. Happens every day, mm-hmm. you know. And so how do you, <laughs> as a believer, how do, you, how do you grab a hold of that and make something good out of it, making a nugget out of it? Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think, you know, talking about women right now, uh, that all this stuff that's going on with sexual problems and everything, uh, we wanted our business to be a safe haven for them. They didn't have to worry about that, mm. and they could they could go home and instead of feeling maybe depressed because some guy keeps hitting on her, they didn't. So we said no, you're not going to do that. They go home encouraged. Bill Peel,
1: the website you mentioned, Center for Faith and Works, got thousands of resources out there: articles, the book references. I know you got connections to other ministries. Talk to me about. I'm a new Christ follower, but I'm a business person. I'm a person in the marketplace. How is Laterno's Center for Faith and Work website, centerforfaithandwork.com, going to help me?
3: There's a ton of work. Just plain workplace wisdom in these articles, but one of the one of the best things that we 've been able to do is actually uh, create some short video profiles of people in business talking about what it means to follow Christ in their work and how do they actually do that and we have a boatload of those that people can go to and listen to and uh, I, I had a fellow tell me a long time ago says Bill, it's not good enough to tell people about what this what they're supposed to do in the workplace to serve God. You need to show mm-hmm. people, and so that's what we've tried to do in these videos, and that's why I've I wanted to, uh, wanted you guys to meet Bill Bird here mm-hmm. today.
2: And we agree with that so much, and that's why we're here as a platform to tell that story, to mm-hmm. share what God's done in your life. So, how do you believe, Bill, that um, the companies that you've started? Over your whole course of all of the different um, companies that you've had that Jim has mentioned,
1: how do you... The TV repair, the restaurant, the car business, the dairy farm, the chocolate factory, and so much... And the Culinary Institute.
2: And so much more. (laughs) Um, But how do you believe that that has made the world a better place?
4: Well, you know, when you have a company... And you develop the rudiments, and you develop the systems, and you try to get the right people, which we all know is a difficult thing mm-hmm. to do. Uh, what what I tried to do was to, if I wasn't there, here's what I put in my head, if I wasn't there, would Jim work as hard if I was there? Mm-hmm. Turn it around. And so I thought, how's that going to happen? Because he's not. <laughs> You normally. So uh, by turning around, I said, okay, how can I create an atmosphere where people want to work harder than they would if I was, the boss was there or the CEO or the owner was there? Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to realize that you have to show that to develop respect. If you develop the respect for the people, they will follow you. And they will, they will be disappointed if you come in and they see that you haven't finished their work. So that really helped me understand the human behavior, the psyche of the person. What creates that that winsome attitude that makes me want to work hard, even if I don't have to, I can get by with it. So that's one thing. And, you know, when you own a business... Uh, owning a business, to me, to entrepreneurs, it's that's the American dream. I mean, you hear owning a home, it's American dream, but really owning a business, you guys essentially have your own business here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's pretty cool, and uh, you know, owning your own business, you have the American dream in front of you, mm-hmm. and you can. But the American dream, it's just like people say, "What am I going to do with my talents?" You know what? Your talents aren't for you; they're for other people.
0: Mm-hmm. What
3: do yeah. you mean?
4: You, the, the, your talent that you have, you use it to help people. So talent really isn't for you; it's for the other person. When you really think about it, so the the talent or the gifts that you might, whatever you want to call it, that God gives you to to enhance your life, to make it better, to you know, to be able to build a business or to run a business. And let me tell you, when I talk to to people, if business isn't for everybody, right. owning your own business. <laughs> it sure. is not for everybody. If if you have to have a paycheck every two weeks, I ask them, do you have to have a paycheck? If you do, you're not going to be an entrepreneur. Right. I can remember many times telling my wife, hey, babe, we're going to have to eat some beans for a while. Because the, the cash isn't there. It's just not there. Mm-hmm. So that's a hard thing to do, but you got to do it. If you had those little calves, you could add veal every night.
2: And chocolate. (laughs) I mean, maybe that's why he was in the culinary business a little bit, too. Make sure he could get his food. (laughs) Um, You know, one of the things you mentioned, even just with the example of the car dealership, though, is that you were um, helping others to flourish by giving Mm -hmm. them, you know, we've talked, we've met people where they're like, you know, they live in food deserts and they can't get food. So then they have to pay high prices for food because they can't, but they can't afford it. And, you know, the buy, the Payday lending and all those kinds of things—you you helped to stop some perpetuation in that area by helping people to get into a car, so they could get a job, yeah. so they could make more money, so they could pay their bill for the car. Um, and that's that's one another way that the world is a better place because of some yeah. of the businesses that you, Martha.
4: You hit the nail on the head. Hmm. I it, it is just super gratifying when you come down to the shop and somebody gets in the car they just bought. Yeah. For $500 down, and it's a decent looking car. Mm-hmm. And they drive out, and you can just see they feel good about themselves. You know, I think one thing in talking Jesus to people, <laughs> one thing they have to, first of all, they have to feel good about themselves. They've hit, they're on the bottom. You don't have to take them to the bottom. These guys, I mean, there's, there's entrepreneurs that need to go to the bottom <laughs> and get smashed a few times before they come up. You know, for air, for, to for, you know, find that Christ walk, but these people are not. Mm-hmm. They've been down at the bottom, and they don't know how to get off. And I think the car helps them, <laughs> kind of a cliche. But the car helps them feel better about themselves. They're driving on the run. they really feel good, man. Look what I got, man! I got a car that looks good, and they're then, not
2: fearful of breaking down. And yeah, when they're going to yeah. how they're going to repair it, and all those well, kinds of things. They've got
4: reliable.
3: Transportation to get to work on time, take yeah. their kids to the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I, the the time I was out visiting visiting Bill's Bill's shop uh, was there was a couple that had bought a cart walked out of with a loan officer or wh- whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure who it was, but anyway, this lady had tears in her eyes. <laughs> they were, really? Yeah. It was it was a really beautiful beautiful thing, and you know people that feel well served. Uh, they mm-hmm. they become interested in 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 why in the you're why doing this for the them. Why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that creates a lot of opportunities. That creates the why, doesn't
4: it? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did that impact the used car dealers in Fort Worth? Because a lot of those guys probably were not happy with you.
4: That's true. That's true. We have more customers than we have cars mm. because you just hit the nail on the head. You got to buy. Somebody's got to buy all those cars. Right. So we have more customers. Customers is not the problem, which is usually we need more customers. Mm-hmm. We didn't have that problem. So I was going to bring it up for a reason. We had to
1: probably had to be more. You said how to again. impact yeah. other. Yeah, the other uh, oh, yeah. I mean, did you did you positively influence any of those other car dealers, or did they all just throw eggs
4: at you all the time? They, they at first they were concerned because of the steep growth. I'm talking about what my two ki- the kids are doing. The, the, the growth was steep, and they were doing such a great job. Yeah, it created some. But, you know, after a while, it didn't. They, they felt like, well, we, I'm, we're still doing okay. Now, if, if we'd have taken business from them, That'd be something else. But I just think we're hitting a niche mm-hmm. that no one is hitting, you know, and no one else knows how we do that. I just, this is the first time I've told it. I <laughs>
1: well, you haven't really told us all the secrets, but, <laughs> you,
4: but at least give it. But you're really making a kingdom
1: impact because you're showing people the, the love of Christ and the used car business mm-hmm. in a way that really is compassionate. I mean, that's a huge thing. So let's talk about some of those examples of how your faith, you've done a lot of things. Like you said, TV repair, you've run a restaurant. What kind of restaurants did Jeff, I'm t- from Texas, so I had to be barbecue then, right?
4: It was style. Home style, So southern, good-fashioned, homestyle. style chicken fried steak you could ever oh. put in your mouth with mashed potatoes and gravy and a side of corn or green beans. Green so beans. With I a was
2: just visualizing good. that plate uh, right there. Healthy <laughs> good
1: health <laughs> <on> the, We're <laughs> healthy. going for lunch somewhere. Nothing <laughs> healthy on the plate at all. So, uh, you know, restaurant, car business, dairy farm, chocolates, uh, this culinary school. How did your faith impact the the products that you sold? Let's talk about the chocolate, okay? Because everybody loves chocolate. Almost everybody likes chocolate. We got a son-in-law who doesn't like chocolate, but almost everybody else. He's likes He's crazy. Chocolate.
2: But that's okay because that means more
1: for <laughs> others, you,
2: you know. <laughs> so, how did your faith
1: impact those products that you were creating and selling at the chocolate factory, chocolate fudge factory? What was it called again? Sweet what? Sweet
4: Shop Chocolate uh, Sweet Shop Fudge Love Factory. Okay, it, we 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 hit. We would supply chocolates to most of the major department stores in America. Uh-huh. The high end, and Marcus, Saks Avenue, Marshall Fields. We, that, the chocolate you see in there in most cases after we got it going was ours. Anyway, back to the product. What a good question, uh, it's, uh, Jim. It, it, uh, it, it's easy in the chocolate business because I think one of the, the things that God tells us to be is to be. Wear a smile. You know, mm-hmm. be, be happy. Be uh, encouraging. I mean, you got everything you got eternal life. you got what you need. And so, of course, you, you bite in into a piece of fudge of chocolate and you will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the product should make you happy. Okay, but I think you don't always have a product that does that. So what you want them to say, car business or whatever, when they walk out, I got more for my money than I expected. I got more service, like this radio show. You want it to promote more than what? Really, mm-hmm. you expect. Right. And you've got to work at it to make that happen. It's just not normal. You know, I learned a lot from this guy right here, Bill Peel. Man, he, he's, he's he's really an entrepreneur in his own way because sometimes he didn't fit into the cog of a church or whatever the case might be because he had his own cotton-picking ideas that he wanted to <laughs> get out there. And sometimes it, uh, the church will say, mm, no, well, that just shuts his gifts or ideas down that shouldn't happen that's why i'm for small business because if he had a small business he could have done it anyway Mm.
2: so with all of these different small businesses that you've grown and seen do different Mm -hmm. things over the years what is universally been one of the biggest challenges that you've faced
4: entrepreneurs have this problem um and it's a real big problem with me it's it's trusting people Mm. and i Trust people. I give them the idea, or I give them the the uh, because as 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 an entrepreneur, you got to be the idea visionary person, and um, for people to hook into. And so, the, my thing is, I'd give them something. and say, okay, Joe, would you take this and uh, see what see see what we can do with this? And and I just trust he's going to do it, and he doesn't do it, or right? he didn't he doesn't feel the vision. He doesn't feel it should be any benefit to that. So he doesn't do it. So that's that is a real problem that I have to fight all the time, and and that, because you get taken advantage of. It.
2: And in the last few minutes before the break, how, how did your faith help you deal with that? Oh how? yeah.
4: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, definitely, uh, because uh, I lost some businesses because of it. Mm. All mine aren't successes. <laughs> you know, when you're on the cutting edge, mm-hmm. you're not going to always be successful. There will be something you overlooked. And so when I'd overlook something, i say, so you don't fail as an entrepreneur. It's just a learning experience. Right. Bill
1: Peel, you had a question. We were talking about failures and, and entrepreneurial failures with Bill Burr right before the break. You wanted to do a follow-up on that.
3: Yeah, I just want to. So any any kind of entrepreneur <clears throat> is in this situation, uh, they're going to be people that hurt you. And so you've got a, one of, one of the things that, as a Christian, you've got to deal with is being able to forgive. And uh, talk to us about that. Well,
4: uh, the the biggest one I had, I, I lost a fairly significant deal. Uh, and it took me way too long to forgive. I just, a Christian, another guy, you know, so... It, it made me uh, way real. Way easier
1: to lose money to a pagan than it is to a Christian, isn't it? it, is. Absolutely. it is. Yes. Absolutely.
4: Because it hurt my heart. Sure. <laughs> you know, it wasn't just, it's so true. But uh, it took me way, way too long. And it affected my business life. It affected my work. Uh, I had a couple deals that came to me, and I could have really had some fun with it. And we were going to develop um, develop develop uh, a product. Uh, store that was going to go nationwide and and I did some things wrong because I wasn't thinking clearly enough you know Mm. so uh so that's the thing you got to do you've got to forgive Mm. and the quicker you forgive the better off you're going to be because it'll Mm. eat your lunch I mean it'll eat you it'll eat you up in time it'll destroy it really hurts you it'll destroy you more than the person oh gosh yes (laughs) (laughs) lack
1: of forgiveness (laughs) is like Expected somebody to, you know, die from poisoning, but you're doing drinking the poison. Yeah.
4: I mean, of of course, it's always, Lord, why me? You know, why did that, why did you let him do that to me or her do that to me? No. No. It's, that's, it, it happened. <laughs>
1: All right, Bill Bird, you've written a couple of books. One of them, Sweet Success, 12 Proven Habits of Winning Leaders. We're going to give away a copy of this book today online. Uh, just call the, the I Work For Him listener line, Martha. That number is?
2: 866-713-9675. That's 866-713-WORK.
1: All right, Sweet Success, Bill Peel. You had a couple of those 12... Ah uh, proven habits you want bill bird to uh, expound on,
3: yeah, there's chocolate, and then there's chocolate, okay, and Bill bird had the chocolate 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 stuff, <laughs> and it was so fun to go to the to candy factory and watch these artisans you know mm. create this stuff, but bill always started with incredibly i mean these these were beautiful you know pictures of things, but they the insides were really, really important. So when you bit, bit into a, a piece of fudge love or something from the sweet shop, you you did smile as well. Oh, by the way, I remember you brought a <laughs> gag gift one time of these beautiful chocolates that he had kind of put together. Do you remember this? He had, oh, yeah. he had he'd, he'd, uh, he'd coat he'd had some of his uh, chocolatiers coat. Packing peanuts, (laughs) (laughs) as a as a joke, not the edible packing peanuts, (laughs) but the the candy you bought from Bill Bird was incredibly quality. Uh, quality. So. Bill, one of Bill's uh, habits here that he writes about in Sweet Success is lead rather than manage. And he says here, some chocolate makers are so focused on making costs that they miss what brings in the customers to begin with. And that's excellent products. He says winning leaders know the priorities of their organization or business enough to guard exactly which cost ideas and people and resources are priceless to the to the, to the company. Bill
1: Bird, expand on that one.
4: Managing, an uh, entrepreneur cannot make it without good managers, because you're not a manager. I mean, I thought I could run restaurants, but as soon as some, the cook didn't show up, I was hysterical, you know, because I can't cook. Mm-hmm. So you got to have a manager that can jump back in there and on the line and flip, flip whatever you need. Managing is so critical, but the the, the, the entrepreneur, the leader, is he's the guy that's setting the vision, the direction of the company, looking up for new ideas, all that kind of stuff. And you got to be really careful because what's, let's say a guy comes in and he, he, he buys a business and he comes in from accounting. And he was an accountant. He's going to spend all most of his time in accounting because he's familiar with it. He likes it. He understands it. And he likes to look the numbers, balance, all that kind of stuff. And you got to be really careful. I mean, you got accounting, you got operations, you got sales, you got marketing. All these things have to be equally taken care of, or one of them's going to fold on you. Mm-hmm. And so, as as you, you just you got to remember, if you're the leader of their company, then you have to. You, you don't have time to manage. And managing is detail, detail, detail.
2: Good word. So, in your book, let me just um, understand: if somebody were to pick up this book, that's like the headline, and then you kind of break it down a little bit to help them to understand yeah. the, the myth. The book right? "Sweet Success:
1: Twelve Proven Habits of oh, Winning yeah. Leaders." People can find that on Amazon, I imagine, right? You know,
4: I don't know if it's still there or not. Well, it's, it's still there. One. Everything's on Amazon. Is Sweet
1: it? Success: <laughs> Twelve Proven Habits of Winning Leaders. <laughs> I'll look it up. While but we're they gone. can
3: get one.
4: Right now
1: when uh, I work for him that's 866-713-9675. <laughs> Bill you had a question out there I interrupted it so take that to that next level when you you know there's a lot of people that want to they, they want they want to uh, micromanage people okay. but really what people need is a lover they need they need somebody that appreciates
4: them mm-hmm. that loves them mm-hmm. that's what brings out the best in people isn't it Oh man that's so good. I'm glad you brought that up because if without somebody saying, man, Jim, you really did a good job. You, everybody wants to hear that. You, you know, now, as the entrepreneur, sometimes you don't hear that because so you got to kind of rise above that. But most people want to hear, you know, I did a good job. You're 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 special.
3: Let me let me follow that up, Bill, because you talked a while ago about helping your employees get to the place where they were self motivated mm-hmm. when you weren't around, and so you you've got the finest ingredients here, mm-hmm. okay. But it still takes a skilled mm-hmm. person applying themselves with some degree of mm-hmm. of, of, uh, mm-hmm. of of diligence to actually create the products. You so how do you how do you help how, how do you help those employees? Uh, find that place where they're really self-motivated
4: to do good work. <laughs> A lot of people never get there. <laughs> you know, you got to stay on them. Sure. You were sell, you were saying uh, micromanaging. Yeah. You know, that's because they get there. They get self-managed because they can't. They're not going to move until you say move. Right. uh I used to take time and go down to the dipping section. We had some guys that they were hand dippers. We hand dipped everything. And I would sit there and put an apron on and, tr- and sit at one of the desks, and I'd start dipping. And I noticed after a few minutes that there was kind of laughter going on. <laughs> <laughs> and also I noticed that the production started dropping way off. And so well, what it was was I wasn't any good at it. But they loved it that I came down there and did what they did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That made it sound important to them. You know, we feel important enough about it. You know, you're saying, how do you do it? That's one way to do it. You know, you get in there and do it with them for a little bit. Yeah. And they just, they, they, they feel good about and, that. And
3: that, they, that makes them really appreciate. The, I mean, it makes you really appreciate their skills yeah. in a new way. That's exactly. because well, you're that's exactly point. right. They were really skilled at what they do. They could finish off that topic, <laughs> that piece of chocolate. And it was beautiful. So do we have time to cover yep. one more yep.
2: habit? Yep. So what's one more habit?
4: One more habit is passion. And humility, putting two together there. Okay. Boy, if you can't wait to get up in the morning and get to work, you better look for another job. You know, it, you got to have it. Because what you carry in, I mean, I can remember sitting out in the car and trying to build myself up because I didn't have enough money to pay payroll. Mm. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And if I knew I walked in with a frown on my face like this, and I was walking in, the whole company would come down. Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't be down as a leader. So you got to charge in there and say, "Wow, it's going to be a great day today. We're going to make things happen." Blah blah blah. So the passion is is critical, critical, critical that you have that passion. And if you lose it, if you start it and you lose it, you got to th- take a vacation day so you can get it back. You better. Blame <laughs> well, it. And most entrepreneurs don't realize yeah. it, but
1: quarterly they should be taking time off because yeah. entrepreneurs are always pouring out. All right, we got a minute left. I want you to speak to those entrepreneurs that are out there. You have a habit of mentoring entrepreneurs what is one thing speak to those people out there that are thinking about becoming an entrepreneur. They really want to live out their faith in what they do. they love to do something specific. Speak to that entrepreneur. What do you, what do you, what
4: is the most important thing you can tell them? (laughs) First of all, I find out what's, what's bothering them. What, what, what's really keeping them from making that jump? Because I will tell you when I'm through with it, you're going to want an entrepreneur. But at the same time, I want to tell you it's not for everybody because it's not for everybody. Um, how much money do you have? Uh, do you do due diligence? Did you do due diligence? Is there a need for another store like this on this block in mm-hmm. your city? Have you checked to see if there if there 's really a need for it, and you just go on and on or if there isn 't a need are you how are you going to be different where you can show the people? Mm-hmm. You need me anyway. And the
1: rest of the information <laughs> that Bill wants to give you is in his book, Sweet Success, 12 Proven <laughs> Habits of Winning Leaders. Bill Bird, thanks for being on I Work For Him today. All right. So thank you all for inviting me. And Bill Peel with Letourneau's yeah. Center for Faith and Work, found online at centerforfaithandwork.com. Bill Peel, another great interview.
3: Thanks, Jim, Martha.
1: A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Check it out online, centerforfaithandwork.com. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work for him. him.